Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You are now listening to the Save Cast. The number one old school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Save Cast number 132 with Maud Bruno. Maud Bruno, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very well. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, th- as I was just telling you, my voice is a little bit croaky. I did just wake up. <laughs> so for those wondering if I'm sick, no, I'm, I'm actually feeling great. I'm just a little bit sleepy, but the voice should clear up in a second. No um, but, uh, I'm excited to get you on. I don't, I can't, I should have counted beforehand, but you're definitely up there. I think you're a pr- either the 10th J-Mod or approaching the 10th J-Mod I've had on the cast. So it's always a pleasure. And, um, yeah, hopefully I'll try to like squeeze a leak out of you or something. We can see if there's any <laughs> leaks coming up. <laughs> but yeah, uh, sure. I don't know. Uh, I've seen a few other J mods do these uh, podcasts, and yeah, it's always been really cool. So yeah, very glad to be on here. Hell yeah. Um, there. So you were just saying as well, and I did forget. I I've just not been up to date. But um, Summer Summit is coming out just this Saturday, correct? It is. Yeah, I think it's at eight p.m. BST. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, is I know there's no leaks, but is there anything like? Are you excited for it? Let's let me ask you that first. Uh, yeah, really excited for it. Uh, I'll be working on one of the big updates coming towards I think 2024. I think uh, we've posted like a roadmap without anything on it, just of what we're going to talk about on the summit. Um, but yeah, really excited for that big one. And of course, the other stuff as well, like sailing, are also going to be really cool. That's cool. I'm excited. Uh, so are we ever, so I'm pretty sure like summer summits kind of like relatively new, um, just as of like the past couple of years, is that just going to be a continuous thing or are we going to be getting more like when rune fests come back, hopefully, are they going to start waiting for rune fests? Um, right now they are kind of like a replacement to RuneFest since we don't have RuneFest right now. Um, I don't know what the plan is going forward. I imagine rather than a summer summit, if we have a 
RuneFest, we might do all the announcements there, but we'll see, I guess. Okay. I really hope there's a RuneFest. I've been talking about it on a lot of recent casts. I haven't ever been to one, so I hope they come They're back. really cool. I, I only got to go to two, but I really, I really enjoyed them both times. So maybe next year, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. There probably won't ever be one in America, will there? Uh, no idea. I, I know it costs a lot to make it in America. Um, but yeah, I know yeah. Um, Mod Pips, who's the CEO, is pretty interested in making RuneFest come back. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, if there ever was one, then that would be also really cool. Yeah. Um. Okay, so you said you've already been to a couple of RuneFests. Let me just, let's get a history of your time at Jagex. I actually don't remember exactly the year you started. Uh, and then I guess we'll just go into a brief history of you, like how you found the game as well. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, sure. So I started June 2018. So it's just been five years and a bit. Um, and since then, worked on a ton of different things, uh, hopped around like all the teams. Um, and yeah. Any any other questions? Yeah. So, what exactly got you into working at Jagged? Because you are a maxed player, correct? Is and are you a mm. maxed Iron Man? Is that is that what I'm getting? No, I've never played Iron Man. Okay. Outside of leagues, at least. Um, but it was kind of interesting. So, at the start of 2018, I was invited by Mod Mac at the time to uh, come in for like a focus group type of thing, where we basically just went through like some ideas they had and whether they'd be good or not, and. This was, I think it was towards the end of January 2018. Uh, and I was unemployed at the time. And I really like RuneScape. I've been playing since 2006. Um, and the office was really cool. Like, you wouldn't really expect it to be as cool as you thought it would be, being just like a regular player. But I really enjoyed my time there. So when a job opening came up, I decided to just go for it because it kind of is, like, related. You know, like, if you're good at a game, you might have an easier time testing the game. So... Since it was a QA job, then that kind of like made sense. So yeah, I just went for it and it worked out. Hell yeah. So do uh, when they are like trying out people to become a QA, do they look for like high level players? Like, is that what they prefer or do they really not care if you've ever played the game before? Um, these times, since we have already quite a lot of like high level players, it's not the focus. Obviously, if you're like a QA professional, you've got professional experience and you happen to be good at the game and high level then yeah it's definitely like a bonus but these days it's more about like professional experience qualifications rather than like do you just really like the game um so yeah interesting yeah i saw there's a new community manager uh application pulled up on twitter <clears throat> and i'm like <clears throat> i always get a little bit concerned i guess because obviously the entire industry of like gaming is so diverse like you i feel like the biggest part of that is like mobile gaming and i always i always get scared of like some mobile game person <laughs> coming over to runescape and pushing his ideals from mobile gaming onto the uh old school but we'll see who gets that community manager position i hope it's somebody that actually plays runescape yeah i think for community management roles especially like Having some sort of tie to the game obviously has a big impact because you're already part of the community, so yep. you'll understand the community better. Whereas someone who comes in and has no idea what RuneScape is, like they might not have as good of a time, or they'll take a lot longer to like get used to it. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, these days I think we tend to just like have a decent screening process, and 
even if they don't have like huge in-game knowledge like it's it can still work out it's just a bonus yeah okay so desert treasure 2 was just released last month and obviously the four new bosses came out and the awakened versions came out just a couple days after which was very impressive by the way i was not expecting them to come out so quickly um what are your thoughts on those bosses do you think they are challenging i know a lot of players wanted like really tough fights do you think the awakened versions scratch that itch and what are your overall thoughts on just the bosses themselves uh the bosses i really enjoy um i'd say my favorite i don't know it's it's hard because they're all pretty good uh i'd say my favorite maybe leviathan because it's just a lot of like prayer flicking and it kind of feels like six jads sometimes which is something i like doing um but yeah uh, as for like the difficulty i think the pre i think they're in a good spot like it's not like the hardest content in the game but it's definitely pushing you towards that area of the game um, and for the awakened, yeah, I think that's like pretty cool. It's cool to have like something definitely very hard, like the awakened bosses, um, and also something that just like it will reward you with some cool drip. But you know, it's not going to be like the be all end all. Mm-hmm. There's other stuff to get, and it's just cosmetic. Yeah, I'm. A, I think I think I'm biggest fan of uh, Vardorvis for sure. Even though it's like an easy fight, like just normal version, it's it feels good it feels good to kill it i don't know there's something about it it's quick fast-paced mm. and uh i'm actually impressed yeah, yeah no go ahead uh, i'd say it has like my favorite mechanic which is like the quick time event where you click on the blood spots yeah it's re- so let me ask you on that like obviously that was being tested and that's a brand new mechanic that's being added like is that something you guys are gonna continue to do in the future like little things like that that aren't really uh I don't know. I don't know the word for it, but not not the norm. Um, I think there's always like space to innovate on what we can do in the game with like mechanics. Uh, are we going to copy paste the same thing on every next boss? I, I doubt it. Um, if it makes sense, then sure. Like for Vardovis, it made sense because it made it like the boss is wrapping around and you have to click these to get rid of like the stun on you. Um, but yeah, as a cool me- new mechanic, I, I do like it. It's cool to have like things in the UI being uh, used for like a boss. Yeah. Okay. So this is something I always think of is like we have Runelight and we have a bunch of different plugins now that make the game just not even look like RuneScape anymore. Like I've seen, I've seen some crazy screenshots of people having like rainbow floors and like just everything's <laughs> highlighted, and everything's blacked out, and it's just like. What are we playing? Do, does that ever concern you guys, like the dev team? Does that concern you that like everything can be completely mapped out with tile markers and tick counters and all these things? Not so much because we kind of at this point see it as like this is the player's way of elevating themselves in terms of skill, even if it is kind of a shortcut. Um, for some of like the rainbow rave rooms in like Chambers of Zeric, which I've seen, like they're really cool, but I, I wouldn't ever imagine like actually playing it like that um and as for like plugins uh i think we tend to politely ask please don't make this content really easy upon launch like we did with the quest helper which isn't going to be coming out for at least another couple of weeks with the dirt treasure too mm-hmm. um but yeah uh we, we kind of just accept it and see if there's ways that we can work around it to not make the content brain dead like with plugins 
Yeah, it's kind of tough though because then with the amount of plugins we have and the fact that it really does make it easier, obviously, obviously you still have to perform the actions, but with all the indicators, it does make things easier. You you still have to balance a boss around, you know, little Timmy doing the boss on mobile or something. It's like, I feel like that's such a hard balance to get. Like, obviously, you don't have to balance it around some guy on mobile, but the fact that people are playing it on there, you have to make it somewhat accessible for even players that are just on, like, vanilla or just using the bare minimum plugins which i feel like is just gonna i feel like that gap is gonna continually widen over the years and it's like if you aren't using the greatest plugins you're just physically not going to be able to do some of these really difficult pieces of content uh, from our side we don't test with like plugins or anything so oh if, really uh no, well we use the c++ client which has like a bunch of inbuilt body mm. of life type of plugins not really plugins if they're in the game but um we don't use any sort of like counters or timers and stuff like that. That's not on the C++ client. Um, so as for like testing and making sure that content's still accessible and doable, like as long as it's doable, we're not specifically worried about whether or not Timmy on mobile can do it. Because <laughs> obviously Timmy on mobile or anyone on mobile isn't really doing things like solo TOB, which push like the boundaries very far. That's true. Um, so it's not as much of a concern. Um, but yeah, as long as it's doable and the things work, we're fine with it. Okay. That's cool. I'm, I'm also glad you guys are giving the freedom to the players. It seems like over the, especially over the past few years, you guys have definitely been a lot more like liberal with just allowing players to do things that, I don't know, just, they are making the game slightly easier, but you guys just realize like people enjoy it. And I feel like you guys are more catering to just people having fun rather than controlling everything, which, you know, that's something I need to learn as well. Because uh, I definitely mm -hmm. like have like certain strong opinions on this game. And I realize like there's just so many different players out there that just just care about different things. Um, yeah. One thing I kind of like feel like this about is the quest helper. Like initially, I really didn't like the quest helper. I thought it was way too much, but... After like seeing how it helps people a lot, and it's not like everyone likes quests. Some people don't like quests at all, mm -hmm. and if they really don't like them, they're still gonna have to do them. So like, so long as they still do the quests, even if it's with a guard or with a quest helper, and it's not like being cheated or like botted or anything like that for them, then I, at this point I don't really care because they're still playing the game and enjoying it. It's just if they don't enjoy quests, they can get through them faster. Yeah, Mod Ed actually had a good point on that. He said that Quest Helper allows players to enjoy the story rather than the random, like, not knowing where the hell you're supposed to go next. So mm. I thought that even, was... Even if it's still space bar through it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, most people that are using Quest Helper are probably space barring. But the fact that if you do, and for those niche players that do just care about the story, using Quest Helper is not taken away from the story, technically. Yeah, that as well. There's less places for you to get stuck on if you have something playing you where to go yeah it's just tough because no matter what i mean that's the same kind of thought like you on quest helper that's the same kind of thoughts i used to have on clue scrolls is like mm -hmm. everything solved you know you're trying to come out with really fun unique puzzles like the hot and cold thing and it's just solved <laughs> like you just don't even have to think but yeah i, I remember know. back when plugins weren't even a thing really uh there was already 
ways to like fully predict where you're gonna have to dig your hot and cold. Like I remember when I was doing it, I was using some like dodgy Google Doc spreadsheet, and I put in five teleports and their coordinates or their like temperatures, and it just solved it for me. And I was like, oh, that saves me some time. So sure, I'll take it. Um, Yeah, it's at that point, you might as well just implement it in the game because that's the same thing with like coordinates and just other things like you just you're looking up, you're looking them up on a third party site that just makes it so much more inconvenient, but you're still solving it. So Yeah. might as well just put it in the game. Uh yeah. And funny enough, once when I was working with the gang, and the gang's the team who handles everything to do with the C client, the one project I worked on that with them on was the clue scroll implementation for the uh, C client. So that that was a really long project because it was just adding clue scrolls and their like solutions and testing everything. But yeah, I'm I'm glad like it helped out people, especially on mobile, because having to look up all the answers on mobile and then tab back into the game and then like do the next clue and stuff like that, that is a bit of a pain. So it's nice that it isn't as much of a pain through clue scrolls on mobile anymore. Yeah, no, that's nice. I mean, for, for real, like your guys's, the plugins that you guys have added to um, your guys's client is, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm impressed by it. Also the mobile update where you guys are putting all the icons or whatever into one corner of the game. I'm really excited for that. Cause I've always thought it was really silly that you have to like click with both thumbs to hit all the tabs. So mobile's made a lot of improvements over the years. It's I'm, I'm impressed. Um, oh, by the way, I don't, I don't know if you like work on mobile at all, but is there any chance that this is something I continually hear on Reddit and stuff. Are, are you guys ever going to come out with a portrait mode, uh, Um, mobile? I don't think it's in the plans. Uh, so I only worked with the gang. I think it was from. middle of 2020 i think no wait middle of 2021 towards the end of 2022 um and then i moved on to the wardens to work on secrets of the north which are released in january 2023 yeah that's, that sounds about right um so i'm a bit out of date on like what their plans are but i don't think we're getting a portrait mode because it'll just it, it might be like too much of a difference um but yeah don't quote me on that Yeah, it would have to just be some. I, I feel like most people that want to play a portrait mode, like just want to do something AFK, but don't want to have to turn their phone so it looks like they're a nerd on their phone. <laughs> but it would be kind of cool if there was like a portrait mode for just banking. Like if you're bank standing, you can rotate your phone and just do some stupid Yeah. bank standing. But yeah, who knows? The game's still playable on portrait, it just doesn't look right. <laughs> Yeah, That's what I used that's to do. true. Um, okay, so you were working on um, Muspa, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, and what other bosses have you worked on, like, just bef before that? Um I think my first boss was the Nightmare of Ashiham in twenty nineteen. Yeah, which released in twenty twenty. Um, that was a really cool project. Uh, aside from that, I don't think I've worked on too many bosses, mainly being that, Musper, and Desert Treasure, I think. Okay. I have... And what was your favorite to work on? And what was your what was your favorite that like after release you were most proud of? Honestly, Musper. Nightmare was really cool, but it was a really long project, and it was like, it pushed it a little bit in terms of like how big the boss is. Um, whereas Muspa is kind of just like a small project, you know, we have a cool quest coming up, which will lead into Dirt Trader 2, which players don't even know about yet, I think. I don't think we didn't answer at that point. Um, and the boss itself, like, I feel like it got quite a lot of praise, even though I didn't think it was the best boss. People were telling me they really liked it, so 
I'm really happy with that, how that went. Um, and the treasure boxes are also really cool, but maybe it's just too soon for me to see. Yeah, I'm actually a huge fan of Muspa. I also got lucky on it, so it makes it it made it more enjoyable, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. Uh, so, are you were you in charge of like drop tables and how the rewards work? Uh, not really. We usually have like a round discussion of like what might we want to add and what do we want like the drop rates to be, uh, and then we make that and then someone tests it. I think it was me who tested it. And I just make sure that, like the drop rates are kind of like within what we expect them to be and you're getting the right amount of loot and stuff like that. And then we just go off of there and see how people feel about it post-release and whether we want to make any tweaks to it or anything like that. Okay. Is the team more like on – with um, with the like quote-unquote anti-dry mechanics, I feel like Muspa kind of did that as well with the shards being combined into a bow rather than just a bow drop. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that personally? Um, I mean, I've never played an Iron Man, so I don't really care for going dry because I can just buy whatever I want. Um, <laughs> I can see like as someone who plays an Iron Man or as someone who doesn't like to go dry, I think they are kind of nice because they'll mean that like you're not going to go crazy dry, like 20k shamans dry uh, to get a Dragon Warhammer and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do get like it's not as hype, if that makes sense. When you get like a shard, when you need five shards, uh, which is what we tried to fix with the ring drops for the Dietrader 2 buses. Uh, but people didn't understand how they work, so that maybe we could have done better in like communicating that we're trying something new this time and no one's going to get it on the first day pretty much because you have to be really lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't remember who exactly said it on one of the Q&As. They were talking about like, what if you did how the rings drop where, you know, it is preventing you from going overly dry, but there still is that secondary role where technically you could get the ring on one KC, but it would be like, you know, five times as rare for like that mm. secondary drop. I thought that was a pretty good way to go about it. If people care personally, I'm not actually that against just having classic mechanics where you can just go absurdly dry. Cause that always feels just more old school. That's just my opinion, obviously. Um, yeah, and I am an Iron Man, so that's you know most Iron mo most Iron Men would disagree. But then again, <laughs> like there's only been a few things I've gone like really dry on. I mean, I've I've known of Iron Men that have gone like four thousand chambers without a Tebow. I'm like, oh my god, mm. like that would make me want to quit. So. Yeah, the the driest I went, another I really like check because I don't know if I go dry, then it's not a problem. I'll just buy the stuff. But I think the driest I went was like. 1600 kc on a blowpipe from zora Ugh. so i'm really glad i'm not an iron man otherwise i'd have to like save out hundreds of maybe like maybe 2000 kills for a blowpipe imagine doing that that wouldn't be fun dude there's yeah. there, there was a guy in my chat that came in and he was like 4300 kc for his first blowpipe like something yeah. actually <laughs> stupid <laughs> i'm like yeah, dude I, that is not good he was set for scales though for sure mm. yeah um yeah i i thought i thought muspa was definitely a really unique boss it's um and you guys also do a pretty good job now of understanding like i i don't know almost like giving the boss a little bit of what's the word for it like you can you can kind of manipulate it in a way like the fact that you can do those like step aways on the right tick mm -hmm. and you can just take no damage i thought like adding little things like that really 
add more depth to the boss, which is always really cool. So, and the smite skip, although the smite skip, I think is just way too, was, let me ask, was the smite skip intentional or did that, the, was that just emergent? I don't think a smite skip was ever a thing because okay. the boss forces you to go into the smite phase. So if, I don't think it should have been possible and I didn't see it like actually work properly. I think whenever someone did try to smite skip, it just broke the boss and they couldn't kill it anymore. But that was like eight months ago, so I might be remembering wrong. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't sure what Smite Skip was about because yeah, it shouldn't be possible because of the way the boss is like coded and works. Well, what what happens is like I'm pretty sure because I've done a few Smite Skips. That's what I did for like my record. It's like it'll still go into the Smite thing, but then it'll instantly go out and it'll be like one HP or something. Or it's it's been a few months since I've done it. It's something where like it'll still go into that phase, but then it glitches, mm. and then it. Yeah, I don't know. But I, yeah. I actually like things like that where you can just skip an entire phase. I think that's really, yeah, cool. I think it's really cool. It's rare, though. Yeah. And quite a lot of, like, mechanics which players end up using as, like, the meta are exactly, like, intended. Like, uh, the step away... The step away was a bit controversial because we actually fixed it because it was a bug. Mm. And then people liked it, so we added it back in. Because what was basically happening was... If you were stood next to the Musper, it would try to attack you, but would use, like, the car attack, which is just, like, separate from the Musper's, like, actual attacks. So instead of it, like, doing the attack it's meant to, it was just using, like, a standard melee, which we weren't meant to be doing. Um, so if you were, like, protecting from me uh, melee and you stood away, it would calculate you as doing, like, a standard attack, but you step away, stepped away, so it would, like, just not deal you any damage. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad you guys re-added it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we're fine for things like that where like the skill of the player like gets out of the way of damage as long as it doesn't like make the boss too easy yeah yeah it's a pretty good fight it's just it's one of those things where the rewards it never feels like there's a big drop which kind of in my opinion takes away from the at least the reward experience of like ooh, you got the bow on the ground but the way you guys did it, I think, just experimenting with certain things, I think, is the the right way to go about um, new bosses. And what are your thoughts on the awakened orb mechanic? Like the fact that you can't even do the awakened bosses without getting those orbs. Uh, I think it adds like a little bit more money to it if you're not going to do the awakened versions, which is cool. Um, and if you are going to do the awakened versions, like usually you'd expect you to if you're going for it at this point, to be very rich, so it doesn't even matter to you. But if you're doing it regularly, I'd expect for you to be able to do the Awakened versions by the time you already have quite a few orbs saved up from like all your previous kills. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like a thinking on it. Um, maybe we could give out more orbs so people have more chances, because if you're an Iron Man collecting your own orbs, then yeah, that might take a while, especially if you keep dying in the Awakened versions. But overall, I think it's gone down fine. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much. I feel like all those, I mean, there already are guides out on YouTube for how to do them, but I'm pretty sure over time they're going to get even easier, like even more solved where there's like little, you know, tips that make it significantly easier on the Awakened fight. So I'm pretty sure for most Iron Men, like the fights themselves will just actually get easier with more knowledge and more understanding and like just better guides out there. So I wouldn't worry yeah, too much. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because on release, people were taking, like, 100 orbs to do it. But I've seen plenty of people do it with, like, I don't know, a dozen orbs. Yeah. So it's not as hard these days since everyone kind of knows the mechanics now. Yeah. 
So what are what uh, you as a player? What do you enjoy most PVM wise? Like what bosses or what raids? Um, I did enjoy like the solo type of PVM stuff, which I could just do at my own pace whenever I want. Um, these days I don't really play it as much. Um, so I only really play if my friends ask me to play. Like yesterday, I did a raid with a couple of my friends, and it went shockingly terrible. But you know, it was, <laughs> it was funny, so that's that's fine. So it was just like a random standard. I think it was like 80 invocation TOA raid because it was my friend's like first time doing a raid. Mm. Um, so yeah, even though it went terribly, it was still funny and still worth doing. That's cool. So, but you do have an infernal cape. Have you have you um, worked at all on uh, CAs on your account, or was that after? Not, kind of... not really. Uh, so I haven't. The only like major thing I've done since I started working at Jagex was I got 200 mil cooking. <laughs> And that's pretty much it. Um, when new content Congrats. comes out, I might thanks. I, I might do it, and then I'll see like how long I'll do it for. But it's usually not too long because I've already played this content like probably dozens of hours before release. So mm. I don't I don't feel as much of a point to like do it again. But in live, um, so yeah. If if it's something like a quest comes out and like there's cool rewards and everyone's like doing it, then yeah, I'll probably hop on and do it like Death of Treasures too. But otherwise, I don't tend to play too much these days. Okay, so that you know what that was always something I was on my mind. I was just thinking, like theoretically, if I were to work at Jagex, which I don't have the you know qualifications to, but if I were to, I am almost certain that I would not find the game as enjoyable anymore because you're <laughs> kind of seeing the ins and outs, and you're seeing like, I don't know. I just feel like it would take. It's like you're seeing through the curtain and then like playing it on a surface level again just wouldn't feel the same i feel like is that the case for you yeah that was kind of the the, the expectation from the get-go like uh even on my interview for the job like one of the people interviewed me told me that like yeah like if you work here it is kind of likely that you're probably not going to enjoy playing the game as much because well if you're already spending 40 hours a week working on the game and even more time thinking about the game outside of work you might not <laughs> feel as inclined to spend yeah. even more time on the same game and you might want to like do other things um so it's kind of expected but like some people still definitely do enjoy it and i think it definitely also depends on like the role you have within the company um sure. if someone doesn't have to like constantly be logged into the game doing stuff maybe they'll find it easier to like log into the game and play it regularly yeah so does uh... So does that mindset kind of make you a little bit more like jaded toward like the community? I, I don't know. I just feel like if you were to s not play it as much outside of work, like who who are you catering the game toward? Like, is it more just like, okay, we have to just take everything by the data that you guys are getting internally? Because I feel like there's going to be a bias going into working at Jagex and then not mm. playing as much might allow you to just open your eyes to like oh okay this is like the actual broader picture like there's a ton of players that don't care about this like yeah um while i don't play the game itself i do still like keep very much in touch with like what the community is doing and like what's going on within the game because i mm. think that still makes sense like i don't think i'll ever not do anything through with runescape outside of work ever because i mean that's just it's just a game i've grown up with and lived my entire life with um so it's kind of just like out of me at this point i guess um but we still like have to take feedback from like everyone 
and like collate it and see overall what do people think if that makes sense um and not just like think about what do we think as players and what do this part of the community think mm -hmm. interesting Okay, so uh, this is a weird question. Who do you think's the most? Uh, who who's the biggest gamer uh, at Jagex? Like the people like, out of the people that work at at Jagex, whether they be a dev or a QA person. Um, hmm. I think some people are gamers for different reasons. Uh, Mod Knox, who started about a month and a half ago, he's pretty good at the game, and I think someone he himself actually asked the question on the thread. of who was the jmod who killed the awakened bosses and yeah mod Nox managed to kill them all i just i was just that day and i didn't i didn't remember that he also killed the other bosses before release in the awakened versions so he's definitely a very pro gamer and i think he's even done it in live so congrats to him um but there's also like a ton of other like very talented gamers in within the company Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, I've heard a lot that yeah, Mod Knox is one of the best. But he's only been working there, you said, for like a month and a half. Uh, previously, he worked in the place apart team. I think it was for like, Okay. I don't know, maybe two years. Um, and since a month and a half ago, he started working in QA. And right now he works with me on the Wardens team, working on redacted update for 2025. I'm excited, man. Okay, so do you, th in, first, I know you can't leak anything, but for the Summer Summit coming up on Saturday, is would you say there's, would you say this announcement or this Summer Summit is bigger or less or like smaller than uh, the previous Summer Summit, like
old pieces of content like quests. Well, not all, not all old pieces of content, but I don't think we change things like quests around to include sailing. Okay. Um, maybe like a couple funny lines of dialogue if it makes sense. I don't know. Okay, Ned but nothing like. And then you're like, oh, actually, you know what, Ned? I'll just do it myself. Um, <laughs> if you say levels ninety nine. But cool. um, I don't, yeah, I don't think we'll do like things like quests, but I'm sure like we'll definitely aim to tie it into other like skills and parts of the game as well. Are charter ships gonna be removed? Do you think, or is that no? Um, I doubt it because they still provide like a really useful way to like travel around the game. So I wouldn't imagine them being removed because. Okay. If you're a noob, how are you going to get to Port Phasmatist to do your herb run without yeah. like high, <laughs> high sailing? Like, and you might not even know sailing's like a skill. You just know it's on the skill tab. You don't haven't really touched it. Yeah, or you're just um, a, a one sailing pure. Yeah, there's gonna yeah. be so many of those. <laughs> I can yeah. already tell. Seasick Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm excited. That was I, I think originally I was leaning on taming, and then taming, of course, just seems to not be, it, it feels like the team wasn't really aware of what taming should even be because obviously summoning was a thing and everyone's scared of summoning so but sailing was definitely now my like top option and i'm really excited to see how it all works out do you know if they're gonna be releasing a pvp in sailing is that something they're working on um i don't know for sure but i wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. I think it would be cool to have like kind of PvP in ships. Yeah. But I don't know how that would work. Whether like you'd jump onto someone else's ship and start killing them, or like you kill their ship and like drown them. <laughs> um, something like that would be cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I this is just something where it's like this just sounds so complex. Like working on an entirely new skill and then adding PvP to it. So I'm not even gonna like use my brain power to think of how it should go because. It's way too complex, honestly. Especially the fact that you can move on your boat and have your boat probably attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go to some of these Twitter topics. Furry Wall just simply asks, Mastery Cape when? Uh, I'd love that to be a thing. Maybe when the time's right, we'll do it. We'll see. Um... Yeah, so, okay. Well, I don't know if there's a difference. What is there a difference between Mastery and Completionist Cape? Or is, is that pretty much the same um, thing? Pretty much the same thing. Uh, we felt like Completionist might not be, like, the right way to describe it with the way we we're pitching it. So mm -hmm. we decided to change it to Mastery, which still works, as in, like, if you've mastered the game, you have a Mastery Cape. Um, but you don't have to, like, complete every single thing in the game to be a master at the game, if that makes sense. Whereas if you haven't completed every single thing in the game maybe you shouldn't get a completionist cape because you haven't really completed everything if that makes sense that's kind yeah. of like our thoughts around it and also just to like separate it a little bit from the completionist cape and the problems that had because it isn't like the exact same way they, they wouldn't work the same way they'll just be like similar type of things which show off a similar level of like dedication to the game yeah, that's definitely the way to go about it. A completionist cape, just in everyone's head, it feels like you need to have completed everything. Mastery def definitely eliminates that. Yeah, it's more feeling. broader term, but it still makes a lot of sense. For sure. What are your thoughts on the com uh, the collection log, like, wieldable book? You've probably seen that on Reddit. 
Yeah, I think I think it's cool. Um, by the time the collection log came out, I wasn't really playing much, and I'd already done everything in the game. Like I'd already maxed, I already killed thousands of bosses, so my collection log's pretty empty. So mm -hmm. I never really got into like that part of the community of like collecting logs on the collection log. Um, but I think it's cool, and like yeah, it'll be nice to have something to like show off that you've done this in the game. Okay, um, let's see. There was a question. Oh, yeah, here it is. So, Hollow Ubeck uh, asks, what kind of update would you add if nobody could stop you? And I'm also going to just add on to that. What's an update you could remove if nobody could stop you? Hmm. Well, probably the Mastery Cape. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always a time and place, and right now I think isn't the best time. Um but yeah, one day it would be really cool to have a mastery cape. Um, what could I remove? I don't know. There's not many parts of the game which I like actively really dislike. Um, hmm. If I'm fine with quests, I'm fine with bosses and PvP. Um, so I don't really know what I'd get rid of. Yeah, I guess that's a little bit harder of a question when you're not like actively just playing all the time. Because things don't seem as I don't know as important to a as yeah. at a player level, I guess. But yeah, yeah. If I could remove anything, then it it wouldn't really be like through a game update. Okay, well, I guess the easy answer you could always just say if you could remove anything, just remove bots. No. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's what I mean. That's not yeah. that's that's yeah. not like a game exactly. update. That's exactly that's an entire different like thing. Um, oops, my mic just, there we go. Um, yeah, that, that, okay. I don't, I don't want to bring it up too much because I know you're not in that, uh, realm, but I always like to kind of bring it up just because it's on my mind, <laughs> but is there, is there going to be, so I've heard rumors that like with the new Jagex launcher, there's going to be new systems in place potentially to prevent botting. Or at least like really have a detection system where people aren't using, um, if people aren't logging into the launcher and everything, like you could be able to detect bots. Is that accurate? Do you know at all? Um, hmm. That'll be a, well, I don't know for sure because it's not really my area, but I mm. do expect like if we know every piece of traffic is coming from this one place, which is like the Jagex launcher, then I reckon we would have like a better idea of who's using OG clients or anything like that, or who's buying. Mm. Um, so yeah, ideally it would be really cool if like we could clamp down on that sort of stuff more. Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure for that. Yeah. Yeah, just it just feels like recently there's just been so many bots just on the high, filling up the high scores and just being everywhere. But again, like that's such a huge problem to tackle and it's like, it's been in the game ever since, obviously, the release of RuneScape in general, just botting. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's something that like generally just plagues every online game. There's always going to be someone who wants to have like an edge on everyone else, even if that edge is using play and cheats. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think RuneScape would ever would ever be able to like get away from it, just because it's just everywhere. Like any sort of game you play, if it's multiplayer, someone might have hacks for it. Yep.
I'm actually surprised that, you know, there is bots, but there's, like, maybe it's just how RuneScape is, but, like, you never see hackers. Like, <laughs> like there's just never people actually going around, like, being able to kill people besides, like, you know, uh, whatever that day yeah. was, June 6th, 2006. Yeah, yeah it's because you can't really inject anything into the game. So the only thing you can really hack is, like, your inputs. Yeah. Um, you can't just hack yourself into like making yourself hit hundreds yeah. um, so that <laughs> so stuff like that will never work unless the thing you're hitting hundreds with itself is broken yeah like the recent uh soul blade that soul reaper acts mm-hmm. at which point we'll just try to fix it as soon as we can that soul reaper acts is deadly i watched uh Oops. i think it was i think it was torvesta's latest video just disgusting damage output plus <laughs> your additional <laughs> specs that you get yeah so. That that annoyed me a little bit because uh, we I remember testing something specifically with a Soul Reaper axe, not even a week before launch. Because uh, one issue it had was on its special attack, you get thirty uh, percent accuracy and strength bonus for your hit, but when you when you special attacked, that attack affected two attacks. So you'd use a special attack, and then the next attack would also be in uh, like affected by the special attack. So you'd get two attacks instead of one. And we fixed that, and the Soul Reaper Axe was working fine. And then the, the Soul Reaper Axe goes out, and suddenly someone's hitting 500s. And like, what the hell happened there? <laughs> but yeah, it just happens. Oh, well. yeah. yeah, no, but like the state, the state it's in now, is it's a really cool weapon. And it seems, uh, seems like a lot of people in the PvP scene are having a, a fun time with it. Yeah, I saw a video from Skull Specs using it, and that was really funny. Yeah, it's cool how we can like combo yourself and use a special attack to heal yourself. So like, if you get Vengeance back, it isn't as big of a problem. Mm-hmm. Like that, so that's that's really cool. It's really interesting. Who? So who's who? Uh, how how does a weapon like that like come to fruition? Like what 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 is the ideation process behind coming up with uh, such a unique weapon? If I'm right. We didn't come up with that weapon at all. I'm pretty sure it was a community design that came that came about, which we used. Mm. Um, so for that, yeah, I think it was just community design. Um, for other stuff, like we honestly just have a think about what will be a cool mechanic or a cool special attack and see if it works. Because um, as far as stats go, like stats are just numbers. You can change those numbers to whatever you want. It's just what other cool effects can this item have? Yeah, that's the way to go about it. That's cool. I I always like those niche. Well, that that weapon's actually not even niche. It's pretty powerful at a lot of places, but it's cool. Okay, yeah, it's it's always cool to see people on launch say this item sucks. It's, it's literally dead on release, and then once a lot more people get it in their hands, they realize actually this weapon's pretty cool and it has like an actual use somewhere, even if it's like PvP or PvM. So that's that's always cool to see. I feel like that was light bearer ring. I feel like that was really underappreciated until it actually came out, and then people were like, "Oh shit, this thing is extremely yeah. powerful." Yeah, as I saw things like, like come up. Yeah. Okay. MPS Devil asks, "How do you feel slash react when obvious bugs and errors make it into the live version of the game? For example, broken drop tables, incorrect damage, movement, item interaction issues, etc." Do you get tired of how the community can be harsh about these things, and how does the team try to avoid it? Um, how I feel, usually it's pretty neutral. 
because like the way i see it like i'm just doing a job and this job includes finding things that are broken and seeing things that are broken go live and our priority here is like we want to fix it as soon as we can if it's like a serious issue and if not we'll see if there's any workarounds or how if we want to like fix it next week um but like the really bad things like i try not to take it personally or anything because like you know i'm just one person it's not just my responsibility it's the entire teams um and we usually try to fix those sorts of things as soon as we can um as for like do i get tired of people being mean on the internet <laughs> not really there's always going to be people that are mean on the internet and ask you to get fired even if it's nothing to do with you and <laughs> stuff like that um you just have to have to like maybe not well not ignore it but don't pay attention to it because you know it's not going to be good for you and yeah. there's other things in life than like making sure that everything everyone's happy with everything you've ever done in, in like the game or at work and stuff like that um so yeah i usually don't mind it too much that's good that's definitely the you have to avoid that stuff because just being online too much you're gonna just start seeing the creatures that arise yeah <laughs> Yeah, even yourself as like a content creator, I'm sure they like get a lot of this where people are like Sabre, you suck, blah yeah. blah, so like that. And like, <laughs> yeah. sure, but like, you're just doing what you want to do and see how it works, and like, you think you're doing all right. So there's no point like paying too much attention to those sorts of people. Yeah, no, and you over time you just realize like more and more like this. Yeah, not you're not going to be able to please everybody, no matter what. Even if you were to do exactly what they want, they would still find something to get pissed about. So, yeah, yeah, there's no winning. And as for how we like try to make sure it doesn't happen in the future, like some things we take learnings from. So at the end of every project, we have something called like a retrospective for a project, and we go through like what went well, what went poorly, and what could have gone better, stuff like that. Um, and we do take those learnings on into like new projects and for example with the way we dropped the rings we didn't really find anyone i mean i guess one learning that we could have taken from that is like if we're trying out something new and we know people aren't going to get this item even though they're expecting to get this item like half an hour after release because someone will do it someone will get lucky enough and get like the pet on one kc mm-hmm. um i guess they're like the learning is we can probably try to communicate it better so people don't think that the game's broken and the rings are in the drop table. Stuff like that. Yeah, that would definitely be... it. And the only reason I feel like that's necessary is just because it has happened just, I think, once or twice in the past. I know Fasani's release, that was yeah. a glitch. So now everyone's a bit apprehensive. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it still was a cool... Uh, yeah, just communicated a little bit more without fully leaking. Just just even the stance of, listen, guys, I know it's going to seem like nobody's getting it, but rest assured, you guys will get it. Just hold your horses. Okay. The Duck Chris... Oh, okay, this is... I, I'm going to read this one first. Twisted Bow Spawn. What do you remember of that day? Um, I remember pretty well. I even remember what, what caused... The twisted bow spawn, which we can go into. Um, Let's talk about but it. But yeah, okay. Uh, so this was January 2019, uh, just like a week or two after release of Kebos Lowlands with the Farming Guild. And but what caused the twisted bow like problem specifically was uh, at Hespari. There's like a cave. You go into Hespari, plant the seed, you go away, and people basically wanted a way to 
know how their Hesperi was doing without having to go into the cave, so check if it's like grown or anything. Um, so we added like a thing to the map behind the cave, which shows like what state your Hespori flower is. Uh, and this is like it's pretty simple. If your Hespori flower is like grown, it will be like an open green plant thing, kind of like a Hespori, um, Hespori tentacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if not, it's like closed. So I think I remember actually testing this, and testing with this is pretty simple. Basically, check. Is the state of the Thespori like the same as the state of the Thespori upstairs? Uh, and that's all fine. Yeah, to test the Thespori, the flower of the Thespori basically checked is the state of the flower the same as the state of the Thespori itself? And that all worked out fine. Um, so the job went through, no problems. But what we didn't realize was at the same time that the artists were working on like adding this Thespori plant, there were also one of the artists was teaching another of the artists how to add like items to the ground floor, like just <laughs> any like random items, you know, just random spawns, yeah. um, standard type of stuff that you can just pick up. And for this example, they were like, yeah, so you can add items to the floor. And if you add it, they'll just respawn after you pick them up after like a minute. Uh, and what you really shouldn't do is add like items that you don't want people to pick up like a twisted bow. So they'll like show them. <laughs> yeah. So, if you put that on a twisted bow, someone could just pick up a twisted bow and then it'll respawn. So then delete the twisted bows, but they must have like missed one or something. Um, and that's what we didn't realize, because just a few tiles outside of the farming guild, nowhere near the Hespari plant thing, which is what I was actually there for, was a twisted bow spawn. Um, so that's how that got into the game, uh, which was completely accidental. Like, live you learn, maybe don't don't show off those sorts of like techniques as to adding things to the game if it's like a really bad item to add to the game <laughs> what, were, um, what, 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 at what point did you guys discover that this was actually happening and what what were you guys's like thoughts just like immediate reactions i guess uh, i'd say not even five ten minutes into the update we realized it was a thing um and we were very shocked <laughs> uh, at the time I was working on the operators, so I was like working on like all the updates because the operators basically at that point handled everything to do with the update day as well as like small quality of life stuff. Whereas these days they handle just the small quality of life stuff, and we have a RC team which deals with like all the update stuff, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, we was working. We was just random like same all day, you know, just another update, and then we realized, oh wait, there's a twisted bell on the floor. Um, and I remember it took a while for us to decide to like shut down the game, and we had like a few band aid fixes, which helped when it came to like not making the item obtainable. But it didn't help because you could still see the item on the ground, just not pick it up. Mm. Um, but yeah, eventually, we decided to just shut down the worlds and do a full rollback. Yeah, rollbacks are always a little bit scary. Apparently, that I do remember that day. I wasn't actually logged in until after the game was offline but yeah i remember just like some guy got like some iron man or ultimate iron man got like some really nice drop at god wars and it got rolled back just like (laughs) god damn it (laughs) it's always unfortunate yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. um yeah i think we should have acted sooner because i knew like less than five minutes after realizing it was a thing, like, we've done irreparable damage to the Tebow. We can't just, like, 
fix it without doing a rollback. Yeah. But the decision to get that rollback took a while. So, yeah. Um, eventually we did it, and after that it was all right. Players just lost like half a day of playing the game, which sucks, but no yeah. it has to be done. Yeah, in the long term, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so Doc Chris also has a second question. What are the most common bugs you find in upcoming updates, and how do you search for them? Like, not the whole process, but I guess what tests work well to uncover hidden flaws? Um, I'd say the most common bugs aren't really, like, the serious cool ones, because, like, the serious cool ones don't come about that often, because if it gets to the stage where you're constantly finding serious cool bugs in development, then I think the developer might not be doing a great job to, like, test their stuff before they send it to QA. Um... So it doesn't really happen that often. Uh, as to how we find them, like sometimes what we call a critical path test, where we're basically just like go through the critical path of what we're testing, making sure it all works. That usually finds some bugs. Then you have like some sort of like destructive testing, which basically just means try to destroy this piece of content and try to think of it like any ways it could break or any ways it shouldn't interact with other pieces of content. Uh, and that usually finds like a few bugs as well. Um, and there's also always like the oversights that someone might have missed in development and that we think of and like, actually, yeah, we probably should fix this because players will use it like this or like that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of usually how they're found. Mm. Okay, there's a question here talking about, um, well, I'll just bring it up. It says, Walk us through dying to Muspa on the old school stream. I was there for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. And then uh, his second question was, "What was your favorite project you have been a part of?" And it sounds like it was Muspa. Um. So how did I die? Well, you could probably <laughs> guess. I, I, I'm I'm no sort of like content creator or anything. I, I just come on the streams because it's a bit of fun, and you know, just get to hang out and talk to people about the game. Um. And I guess I'm, like, one of the more skilled people, even though I feel kind of washed in current year compared to, like, 2018. But mm. I'm still pretty decent at the game, I think. Like, I'm nowhere near top 1% like I used to be, but I'm still I'm still all right. Um, so I've, I volunteered to, like, do the Musper on stream a couple of times. The first kill, I remember it going flawlessly. I don't think I really messed up on anything. And then the second kill, uh, I don't know, at some point, I guess I just, like, planked and panicked and died. <laughs> um... So something I learned from that is maybe try to focus more, if that makes sense, yeah. and try to really not mess up. But also, there's no point me doing something on stream in max gear when, like, probably 99% of Twitch chat don't have that same gear. So even if mm. whatever happens, they're not going to be impressed. And if you die, you're going to get roasted. Uh, it's a lose-lose, yeah. Lose, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in future I won't... I won't probably go on stream and do a boss in like three bill gear and still maybe die because it's not it's, it's never really about your gear it's always about the skill of the player you can kill the most in 10k gear just as much as you can kill the boss in two bill gear um so yeah that's that's that i'd say uh and my favorite project um i mean desert trader 2 has been really cool i liked Musper, but it wasn't that big of a project so like it kind of came and went within, like, I think, two or three months. Whereas the 
Bench Rider 2, we've been working on it for like seven months, which is like really cool when it comes out and like everyone's happy with it. And I think it's been really successful. So yeah, that's really cool. Okay. What were your thoughts on Ruinous Powers, by the way, that potentially entering the game, but then it got scrapped? Um, so like I worked on a good amount of the design for Ruinous Powers. So like I, I was, I was not upset or disappointed, but I wasn't like excited about them getting dropped but i think we definitely did like the right thing in terms of the health of the game i think at the point where they were as we pitched them wasn't really what we like agreed to at the start of the project and in design so i think overall they shouldn't really have been put in the game like in there like in the way they were um because that was already way stronger than we like wanted them to be mm. um so yeah it sucks that we have to get rid of them but i think it's for the better of the game and it's not like it's not going to kill the game by not releasing the new prayer book. So you, I mean, it's it sounds like in the future there still will be um, a new prayer book eventually. D do you have any thoughts on like what you would want to see from that now after having learned like a little bit from that experience? Um, yeah, I don't think it's off the table to never touch the prayer book. Um, as for what we want to do with it. I don't know. I think we can take some learnings from what went wrong with the Ruinous Powers and maybe try to update, like change them around. I think I think it'll be very hard to have a combat-focused prayer book which wouldn't just fully substitute the current prayer book. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like what we don't want to do. We don't want to make the current prayer book like dead content, but we also can't really release a good combat prayer book without making it kind of dead content, if that makes sense, yeah. which is what Ruinous Powers were. Yeah, that's um, just a really tough one. I know most people have kind of suggested the the Reddit suggestion that was like the God prayers that are just attachments to the standard prayer book. Yeah, and I don't think I, I don't think I read that like in depth, but mm -hmm. from all, from what it looked like, I think it looked good on paper. But even then, I don't think it would have worked very well because a lot of the end game combat, especially, is like very hybrid focused. So if you have, like, a prayer book that's more focused on, like, having one combat style or improving one combat style, I don't think that would work very well. And I mm. think that's what that was. I didn't read it too in-depth, but, yeah. It's just so tough, especially with, like, how many metas, obviously, have been created over the past 20 years of just having one prayer book. It's going to be extremely hard to come out with anything. And then people have also suggested, like, a skilling prayer book. But then... A skilling prayer book sounds just extremely convoluted because now you're just adding yeah. unnecessary stuff to skilling. Yeah, and that's like the conversation people have with the T's coming from Frost recently. Like, a lot of people wouldn't have been happy if the the way for them to get the maximum XP would have been to like constantly have to do something that isn't really anything to do with the skill they're training, like drinking a tea or putting on a prayer a prayer. Um, so I think that would be hard as well. It's really tough. I mean, that was... I know when Fossil Island came out, you guys were also experimenting with, like, doing... Uh, like, for example, um, what were the skills where, like, you're doing two at once? Was that swimming? Was swimming um, training two yeah. at once? Yeah, it was like the mermaid yeah. thing, I think, yeah. And then people started... It does, it does, yeah, it does, I think it does hunter and thieving, maybe, or hunting fishing, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and so then there's like a bit of a combo. And then there's a problem with that because people don't want to just because if you start combining skills for mm. you know for fun, then it's like okay, it's literally just made that method train these two skills so now you're like actually like lower i don't know it's like you're almost removing yeah. content in a in a sense yeah like i don't think it's great to make people be fast to be macro efficient by doing this thing which will in turn train like a bunch of things at once which is more efficient than doing it individually but slower overall if that makes sense so, yeah yeah but yeah I, I get the complaints uh but yeah it's just so tough i mean I feel like adding any content nowadays, there is just so many things you guys have to look at. Like, what what does it actually take to just add an entirely new piece of content? Like, you must literally have to go through the entire game and look at, like, how this is going to affect this group of players, how this is going to affect this type of content, how, like, I don't know, it just seems like a mess <laughs> to have to deal with. Yeah, it's something we keep in mind. Um Especially when there's like so many different game modes and so many different ways that people play the game and stuff like that. Like we got PRs, skillers, Iron Men, Iron Men skillers, like you name it, we've probably got it. Um so we like try to keep it in mind, but like it's not like the main focus. As long as they are being harmed, I think it's usually fine. What do you what is the team's thoughts or I guess like your thoughts in general on like new game modes coming out? new like actual like iron man mode type things um i think for iron man there isn't really much more to push with it i don't know maybe like an ultimate group iron man but i don't know that would work out very well um, <laughs> that would be awful yeah. I, I do think hardcore <laughs> ultimate could still have potential it's very masochistic maybe yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah, I don't know. I, th I think it's cool to also, like, rather than try different account builds, just try something different all altog together. Like, when we tried Leagues, Leagues is nothing like the main game, but it's, mm -hmm. like, still a really cool... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com idea and i enjoyed playing like every league i think the, 
I'm I getting progressively worse in terms of rankings because like I started off route. I aimed for dragon, but I didn't get dragon because Christmas happened. And I wasn't really playing the game much. I think it was like in 2019 at that point. So I got I got rune trophy, and then I played the next two leagues, and I was I was doing pretty well. But you know I just drop off like halfway through, so I ended up getting like adamant. Uh, but yeah, leagues are something I really did enjoy playing because it's kind of like it's it's a new way to play the game, but you're still playing the game like the same game. So it really like enticed me, I guess, for like a new piece of content. Yeah. Do you think that most leagues, like in the future, will always be Iron Man focus, where like you're an Iron Man playing the league, or do you guys ever have any plans of making like a like a main man mode? I think balance wise, leagues wouldn't work for a main because then there's way too much potential for like boosting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, even though I'm sure there's like way sweet to boost in like a regular league even though you're an iron man but if we opened it up to like regular accounts there'd be way too much boosting i think at that point we're better off trying to like do different things like dead man which isn't an iron man mode but you can still trade and stuff it's just more pvp focused um, yeah but yeah so like, that'll be cool yeah that so let me think what what are your thoughts on i always like to ask this just because I'm interested in it, but I know the vast majority of the community probably isn't. What are your thoughts on an, an old school, old school uh, server that's like <laughs> traditional um, like old that never gets updated? I think it would die kind of quickly, <laughs> and I think we kind of have proof of that based on the first year of old school. There was no updates. There was nothing people keeping people in the game. So it really just dropped off more and more and more until the game started to get updates like, the the God Wars dungeon, which at that point it started to like have an up uptick in player base and stuff like that. Um, so I think like yeah, there's always going to be if we were to do that, there would always be like a couple hundred people maybe who will play it, but kind of like the original Deadman mode, it wouldn't really have enough people for it to be worth doing. Because I mean, how many people play current day Deadman mode like the base version on I think it's three forty five. Yeah, let me see um, how many are on there. Thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, exactly. It's cool, and like you can do it if you want, but I don't think it will be worth it enough for us to do it. Yeah, well, that's... who knows? Maybe, maybe twenty, thirty. We just yeah. want an old school, old school, retro, old school. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I was talking about it on a previous cast of like the the benefits of it would like one. In the in the main game like we play right now, there is this niche community that is very purist toward the game, and so they hate any sort of updates. And uh, adding an old school that's like the promises, there's no updates. They would all migrate over there. So then the it's not like this would affect anything's passing because it seems like most things pass anyway with without it. But it would it would give that group of players like a nice little area to go and just realize like this game will never get updated and then the main game can keep progressing and and then of course my selfish desire is like i just want i just want to experience again like the just the fun and nostalgia of not having a grand exchange and having to trade people and nobody's (laughs) an iron man and just a little very lackluster amount of content but it's just a very simplistic old school feel i don't know yeah something about it I kind of missed out on that because I remember the first day I properly started playing old school 
uh, let me get on the calendar. It was like I think it was like June fourth, twenty fifteen, the night before resizable mode came out. Because mm. one of the things I didn't like about old school was like the fixed screen is just it just felt too small to play. Mm-hmm. When I was used to playing RuneScape or RuneScape three, which I was like you can full screen and looks cool and it's fine. Um, so I think that like in the back of my mind, like the fixed screen was one thing that was stopping me from it. But then I started playing it and I got really into it. And I mean, here we are today. And like, I mean, at this point, and I, I mostly play with a fixed screen anyway. So that update really didn't do much for me. But hey, it got me into the games. So that's cool. Yeah. I, I originally started playing Resizable as well. I was like, I played Resizable for like the first few months. And then I think it's something about like, I don't know. It, everything's really condensed in a way. Like, I would always play fixed with like a bigger screen, like either. I mean, with Runelight, there's just an option to make it bigger. But even before that, I would just go to my PC settings and just increase the zoom. So it's just a larger screen. But um, yeah, there's something really nostalgic about the fixed screen. I've been playing fixed screen for like, I don't know, seven years now straight. So I'm addicted. Yeah, it's also very useful because, you know, you like you have your fixed screen on one side of your screen and then you have like the stuff that's helping you get through RuneScape on the other side of the screen, where it's just like a video or a movie or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's easy as well. Um, whereas if you full screen, you can't really, you'd have to have a second monitor for, to be able to do that. And also like doing stuff like scaling isn't, isn't good in a full screen because it's just too big. You don't really need to take that much space. Yeah, you really don't. Okay. What are your thoughts on a second ring slot? This is something that some players have been <laughs> considering. Just, I think part of it is like, well, there is a, there is a sentiment going around that the light bearer is too powerful. I don't really agree with that personally. I think it's unfortunate that the light bearer is so cheap, but it still is technically a raids three item, which should be powerful, but I don't know. I feel like people are now thinking like, okay, well, we could kind of circumvent this problem if we just add a second ring slot, and then you can have two different rings. Um, but does it make sense? I mean, yeah, you got five fingers. Should we do it? <laughs> I think definitely not because the amount of power creep. Like people complain about power creep, and like adding a second ring is basically just adding you a few more max hits, which is bigger than most things we release these days when it comes to like a new item. Um, and like for such a big increase in DPS and like power to come from just oh you know what let's just add another ring slot I think it doesn't really make sense. Um, so yeah, I'm not really too much of a fan of that. What if it was just a utility ring? So the secondary ring slot you would have one ring slot that can be stats, and then the second one can't have any stats. But it could you could have the light bearer technically because that doesn't have stats. So it would be like ring of wealth or like. Mm-hmm. I think there's really to change anything, though. I mean, sure, you won't be able to stack two Berserker rings, but you'd still yeah. have, like, a lot of, like, usage from, like, two rings. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, it makes it better, or it makes it less powerful and more acceptable, but I still think it'll be too much for it to be put into the game. Mm. Imagine walking around, well, in that example, you wouldn't, but imagine walking around with, like, two light bearer rings, and suddenly you're Holy dumping shit. every every 20 seconds, you're dumping a spec, like, that damn. <laughs> it'll be too much yeah yeah you're you're probably right just a thought um one of the funny things this is like a few years ago i was always thinking like what would be cool is to have a belt slot 
just an entirely new <laughs> slot that would just tool it, belt perhaps with all you like tools <laughs> you tool belt a hundred percent i still feel like that needs to be added to the game but having the tool slot or sorry uh the belt slot would first of all yeah you could add the tool belt to your actual character but on top of that i always thought it'd be cool to like you know with dragon hide you could just craft a leather belt like out of the dragon hide and then you could add like uh, a dragon stone or whatever as a belt buckle and yeah, then and then yeah. you could enchant it and have it like additional abilities that aren't necessarily stats just like i don't know other little mm. things i thought would be <laughs> interesting yeah i don't imagine we'll do anything with like the equipment <laughs> at, at any point but yeah, it sounds cool. It's yeah. like even things like RuneScape 3 has like uh, scrimshaws and stuff like that. Like what? they're really cool, but but they are pretty powerful. What are those exactly? Uh, so in RuneScape 3, you have like a pocket that you can put stuff into. And this is like stuff like a scrimshaw, which is kind of what you're explaining, but it's not, it's not a belt. Mm. Um, so this scrimshaw will have like, it's been a long time since I've used them, but there'll be like a scrimshaw of like vampire something and they'll like regen your HP based on what you've dealt, kind of like a Blood Fury. Um, and there's other, like, damaging scrimshaws and stuff like that, um, which is basically like that. It'll just, it'll give you a little effect in, a, like, a different uh, inventory, uh, like, gear slot. Okay. You know, so I don't play RS3 at all. I don't know how much you play it or have played it, but um, there seems to be some really good stuff that does come from RS3 that would benefit old school is there anything that you would want to see that rs3 does that you would want to see in this game um i like how they push like the combat not not saying in any way we want the same combat but like how they do their bosses and like really push the end game combat um but to be fair i think that makes a lot more sense for their game than ours because to get to that stage of the game where you're at the end game it takes a lot less time than it does for it to be on like old school mm. um so yeah i think it makes more sense that runescape might have more end game type of combat like you know killing zamorak or killing talos and stuff like that's really cool um so maybe some sort of stuff like that um yeah i haven't really touched any of necromancy which came out i think like 10 days ago oh, maybe yeah. um but yeah i think people seem to be enjoying that i haven't really kept a, my eyes in it but yeah that seems cool but yeah, I think the last time I played RuneScape 3 was during lockdown. And I got to, like... So, back in the day, I had a completion escape on RuneScape 3. And I haven't been able to wear it for, like, years. Because I don't, don't play the games. So I don't have the requirements. Uh, and I wanted to get a max escape again. Because I hadn't had Divination or Archaeology for 99. Because they were, like, new skills since I started playing. Uh, so, I got to level 98 on both. Got about... 10k xp from 99 on both so i would have been able to max uh, i had a lamp and i was ready to use it but i just logged out because i didn't feel like maxing at that point and i still haven't used it so <laughs> i can't even max at this point because it's a whole new skill so yeah well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> i procrastinated for like two years and i can't max anymore rip yeah i've i've heard i know no monkey i had him on the cast a couple times and he he always is he admires the route that RS3 goes down with bossing and stuff. There just seems to be a lot more. I haven't experienced it at all, but yeah, I'm, I would be worried if they started adding too many RS3 aspects into the PVM side of old school. I think old school, I, I don't know what 
you know what? I would actually need to play RS3 at some point just because I need to like understand what RS3 is doing because there seems to be a heavy reliance on like the tick system in old school where like everything is just technically just ticks and just getting your mm. prayers right on certain ticks. It seems like in RS3, that's not really what it's about. It's about like just kind of timing your specials and stuff all yeah. the time. And... Yeah, I see, I see a lot more timing than tick focused. Yeah. Um, the last like hard piece of content I'd say I did on RuneScape 3 was like a Raxor when it came out. And that was really fun. I think that was like my first proper go at like end game RuneScape content. And yeah, that was really cool. I absolutely I absolutely got spooned. I got like three leg pieces within like 30 KC. And that's that sold for like a bill and a bit. So yeah, I was, I was over the moon for that. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much the last time I did any sort of like PVM or anything hard on RuneScape 3. Were you ever a clue scroll hunter in either game? Not one bit. So when I was a kid, right? Yeah. Uh, I had a clue scroll and it was like, do something in the fishing guild. I grinded the entire week to get to be able to get into the fishing guild. And I got absolutely terrible loot. So I vowed <laughs> to never do a clue scroll again. Um, and let me check the high scores. Uh, I've done a few medium clues. Because okay. the, I had a race with Mod Curse at one point, which was like, who can get the 400 medium clues first? But like the, I think it's the emote. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, done, I've, sort of, I've done a few medium clues. And I did Masters as well, because Masters are different. Like, Masters are cool. You're like, if you're doing Masters, it doesn't matter what the loot is, because you just want to maybe, like, get a roll on the pet. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, I've had a look. I've got one beginner clue. Uh, zero easy, hard, and weak clues. 224 mediums and 58 Masters. So, yeah, I'm definitely okay. not a clue on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They go was, straight to the bank and I never touch them. I was just wondering because, like, I know RS3 does something like dies, and those go yeah. for like extremely high amounts. Yeah. And I just wonder, like, for old school, if there's ever going to be another clue expansion, if you guys are going to, if you guys have ever thought about different rewards, either more like more third age or second age potentially, or like some dies or just other crazy ornament kits. Yeah, it would cool to have like another clue scroll expansion. Um, I think I worked on the last one that happened. That was like what 2019. Mm -hmm. We had we added beginner clues and more stuff. Um, yeah, mimic as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a mimic as well. Which I was thinking, um, but yeah, I I think it's not exactly. Well, it was not due time, but I think it could be due time for us to have another like clue scroll expansion, add more like cool cosmetics. But it also becomes a question of like how much are we diluting the stuff like the collection log and the drops from the clue scrolls and stuff and do people actually want it yeah that always has to like be talked about it's it's really it's really tough now with collection log being a thing because that used to never be on mm. anybody's mind it's like you can just add whatever you want it doesn't matter yeah yeah there is that no if we problem. yeah if, we, if, if if we were to add like another clue scroll expansion like I reckon a lot of people will be upset that their whole <laughs> collection log is no longer full and they might have to do thousands more clues to be able to complete it and get that one drop. That's so true. That sucks, man. Like that sucks. <laughs> that's like that's honestly one of the downsides of collection log. There's a few downsides to it. It's like yeah. you can't really you, you always have to be weary of just adding more stuff because people are going to get upset. Yeah, it's something we keep in mind, but yeah, like it shouldn't solely stop us from adding things, but 
we obviously don't want to make anyone upset and yeah. cause riots in Falador. Um So yeah, that's pretty much how we feel about it. Yeah, you just have to, I guess, pull it and just see. Yeah, no, that's a really tough one. Because, I mean, it's... I feel the same way. It's not like I'm just like, yeah, just add stuff regardless. Because, like, with me, like, I still... I wouldn't say strongly but i mildly care about the collection log in my slots and so like it just adding if i ever completed like i'm very close i think i'm one item away from completing the hard section if all of a sudden just like 40 new items came out to the heart i'd be like okay <laughs> like really yeah so yeah there's like, so, gonna be just as rare so you might have to go hundreds if not thousands dry because yeah just do the whole grind again basically yeah because any individual item is very rare exactly but if you do thousands you might end up getting a rare just one of those things yeah that's a tough that's a tough one for sure you it would i feel like in order to make it fair or something you'd this sounds weird and this i'm i can already see all the downsides to it and people yelling but like there'd have to be some sort of like re-roll mechanic i know rs3 does something like that where like yeah they have like a re-roll i think it's like one every three clues you can re-roll something like that yeah, there would have to be some sort of way of like I don't I don't even know how the hell you'd calculate it or balance it, but something where like if you get if you've already kind of completed the log or gotten a lot of things, there'd have to be some sort of way of making it a little bit easier for those that have already done a bunch. I don't know how you would do it though. Yeah, that's a mm. that's a tough. Oh, one. we could just go a complete different route and add something like Grandmaster Clue Scrolls. But that that would be like that wouldn't break anything in that's terms true. of like my collection log but it'll still be like a new update and i don't think the master clue scroll climbers are that crazy like there's a few big ones but there's nothing i don't think there's too many things that are like in the 80s and 90s um, i don't true. know how they drop though you have to i don't know sacrifice a master clue in 10 mil <laughs> see that actually definitely definitely not 10 mil's too much but you know you know what i'm getting yeah yeah just higher risk high reward that's that's what I was thinking. I was like, um, well, when I think of Grandmaster Clues, I was kind of talking about this uh, on stream and stuff a few months back. It's like, the, I want Grandmaster Clues to not follow the same pattern as lower tiers where it's just the same stuff like Sherlock, Fallow, just higher stuff. I'd rather it be like you have to do a master, get the casket, and then that cat right with right as you're about to open the casket, you click it, and then there's like a chance that you could get a grandmaster from that. Mm -hmm. And so you literally sacrifice that casket for it. Um, and then yeah. what it is is just like one or two steps that are really difficult. Something like dig here in the next minute, and it shows you like where to dig, and you have to get there as fast as possible. And then when you dig, there's like six jad that randomly spawns in the surface world and like if you die like if you miss one flick like you lose the clue basically so that's the risk mm -hmm. um or just something like silly where like i don't know there's like a a, a yuri or maybe like five yuri spawn and you have to figure out like what the right one is just something like quick easy difficult challenging and risky but not an mm -hmm. entirely new just set of equip an infernal cape like i just feel like that's so boring yeah yeah, yeah. uh i also wouldn't be a huge fan of it being like very rng dependent kind of like a mimic um which is like really rng dependent like you have to do a clue scroll and then hopefully get a mimic drop 
and then hope that I don't yeah. know, you get some loot from it. Um, I think it's cool to be able to get a master clue scroll from like other clues, but if that was the only way to get a master clue scroll, I wouldn't really like it that much. Mm, I see. So you just want a, a way to like actually grind out grandmasters potentially. I think that's that would always be something that people would want. Um, because even though you can't really do it right now, like people still grind out master clues, even if it's like spending billions on dragon implings or just grinding barrows to get elite clues to make a master clue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they you could always. I don't know. I was just thinking as well. Like, what if you, what if you got like a purple at TOA or something, and it like as you're about to open it, it says, "Do you want to ex instead exchange this purple that you don't know what it is yet?" into a grandmaster clue and then you have that option and then like the grand i don't know something where like you technically could grind it from like just higher level content in a sense but i don't know They're, the grandmaster clues would have to be extremely rewarding and extremely like high risk i feel like that's that would be the way to go about it in my opinion yeah yeah i could see it being like a much better chance of getting a bloodhound pet or something like that would be good. yeah uh, but I also wouldn't want to ruin the chances of, like, Bloodhound pets to not make it super easy these days. Because at this point, I think people would not do Master Clues and just grind Grand Master Clues if they could, if it was a fast way to get the pet, because efficiency is king. It's true. Yeah, what are your thoughts on power creep, just in general? Because obviously, it sounds like you're pretty aware of it, especially when I just recommended the uh, secondary ring slot. What... Do you get worried about the years following of just the game becoming just way too powerful? Um, I think it's inevitable. Um, but I think there's better ways for us to handle it so it isn't as impactful on the game, if that makes sense. Um, there's always, like 10 years from now, every piece of content is going to be easier than it is current day. But like... You have to kind of accept that, because otherwise, if there's no pieces of new content and the game kind of just becomes stale, the game might not be here in 10 years. So you kind of have to, to be able to, like, keep the game going. But you obviously don't want to, like, go too quickly or ruin it, which will kind of ruin the game faster, even if, even if it doesn't kill the game, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, especially, like, I I mean, just watching that Torvesta video where, like, you you can literally just hit... Like seventy sevens without even specking anymore, like on people, like with the Soul Reaper axe. I'm like, at what point are we going to have to like increase the HP threshold beyond ninety nine? Like, I yeah. I genuinely wonder about that. Yeah, I mean, I could see a new like type of food which overheals like a uh, anglerfish. Maybe that would help. Um, but yeah, just think about it as we release it and like think of how much it's going to impact the game and where it's going to impact the game. Mm. Um, I also wanted to ask your opinions on invocations. Do you think that's going to be something that we see for raids from now on? Um, I think it's a cool system and like, I think it's a nice way to make it more accessible to everyone, but it also comes with the drawbacks. I have to balance it and make sure that it does work for everyone and, it's not unfair to certain levels or certain people, um, which is one thing I think people might have like had a problem with when TOA came out because they were thinking like, what's the point of me doing a 400 invocation raid when I see Timmy get a shadow at like 100 invocation? 
just it maybe just because they don't know how it works behind the scenes, but also because like if you see something, you're gonna believe it. So yeah, um, but I don't think I don't think we would push them too hard onto everything. Just like new mechanicals tried out, like the quick time event at Vardavis, like it's cool, but I don't think it belongs in every piece of content. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know. There's obviously a, a desire for really hard pieces of content. And generally, when people think of raids, they think of like end game. And one of the problems that we kind of saw was like Lightbearer and the Fang being pretty cheap for what is supposed to be like an end game raid. And I feel like even though the invocation system is really good and it allows a lot of accessibility, it's like using a system like that on something that I feel like was supposed to be end game ends up having a detriment to the items that come from it because you want to have really exciting rewards. But if everyone can do it like on release, it's just like those rewards inevitably will be cheap. And then people have people in the future, like a year for like literally it's already been a year basically since raids three and we see light is just like super, super cheap. And now people are like concerned and they want to have like things change from it. So I just wonder in the future as as much as I personally like like the invocation system, I just wonder with end game content if that's the way to go about it rather than adding invocation system to like other pieces of content that might not be raids exactly. Yeah. I think it has a place, but I don't think it's like it has a place for everywhere. Um so yeah, maybe in the future we'll add it to like just a boss, it doesn't have to be a raid. Um I mean if you think about it like awakened bosses are kind of just bosses with invocations which you can't set uh, i think this is like a bad example but you know like instead of making it a car part of like the game maybe we could like let you decide what how you want to make the game harder for yourself mm. um also one of the updates that's been talked about is blue inferno or the tassical trials um what are your thoughts on some sort of enraged mechanic for a boss or a wave-based encounter where you have to like throw away your loot in order to get better loot? Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, I think Talos does the same thing on RuneScape where like you can keep on going with your streak and at the end of it you'll get like a really big reward if you've done like a bunch of kills. Um, so that would be something cool to try out in old school. Do you guys have any plot? <laughs> I know there's a, a summer summit coming out, but but I I don't I'm not saying that it will or will not come out. But is that something that the team ever talks about of adding something like that, like realistically into the game? Um, I definitely think we could do it. It's just like when do we, like if the time comes, like when do we want to do it? It would, mm. it would have to be something like we wouldn't do it for just like a standard mid tier boss. Even if the boss is harder, like I think it would make sense for like a more grandiose type of update where like the entire update is focused on like this one piece of content. Um, so for something like I don't know the better treasure bosses, I don't think it would make sense there. But for something like Vasani's Nightmare or some other high end type of boss, I think that would be cool there. So mm. we'll see. Yeah, I. What are your guys? What are your thoughts? I guess personally on something like Inferno released a best in slot new melee cape, but it 
feels like in the future if you come out with something that at our time now is as difficult as Inferno was back then for us. It almost feels like adding something that's genuinely best in slot is like maybe not the way to go about it, but instead add something cosmetic just simply because the player skill level now is just so much higher than it was. Um, I don't know. I think there's still a place for like the be all end all best in slots coming from like one really hard piece of content. Um, I know recently been pushing more towards like the really hard stuff, giving you a cosmetic type of item, even like um, the combat achievements. You get the Zuck Slayer helmet, but it doesn't really do anything. It's just a Slayer helmet, but it mm -hmm. shows off how good you are at the game. Um, so I won't say it's the end for it, but yeah, like it might become a little hard. Especially, I think capes are a really good place because capes are usually untradeable, and but they've always kind of been like the status symbol of your account. Like, back in the day, you'd have a fire cape, you're the sickest person on the game. Yeah. <laughs> These days, you have an Infernal Max cape, you're really sick at the game. Uh, or, or even more recently, you have, like, a Zuck Helm. You're, like, the best of the game. So, yeah. Um, there's, like, levels to it. I think there's somewhere we can push it even further. And, like, if you have this, I don't know. I can't, I, can't, I don't want to leak anything, but if you have this item, then, like, yeah, you're definitely <laughs> really sick at the game. Like, how do we push that further? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I'm excited now for Saturday. I, I'm excited to see what you guys all release. I want to talk about um, skilling a little bit, if you don't mind. And yeah, sure. So I get concerned with the state of skilling. I have been concerned about it for like a few years. I feel like um, I, I made a tweet like a month ago or something that was just talking about like, we've hit a point where like over the past 10 years of old school PVM has gotten so much more exciting and rewarding and like challenging and fun. Whereas like skilling generally, I'm not saying every skilling update, but like generally it seems like skilling tends to be pretty monotonous and uh, unrewarding. And I feel like part of, I feel like part of it comes from, I know like early on in old school, um, PVM just started like shitting out a bunch of skilling resources because of the problem with botting. And it seems like that was like a good way to deter bots from just making enormous amounts of money by just giving normal players that are doing high level bossing, giving them the resources. But over like the past several years, it's just continued where like skilling, I feel like w as a community and as the team at old school, like we, tend to just see skilling as like it needs to be like really not profitable and just like really mm -hmm. boring and and it seems like it's just an like a means to an end like every, there's no journey behind skilling anymore where you can actually enjoy the grind it just seems like you just want to get to max or whatever your goal is as soon as possible and so people inevitably just start focusing on like if the xp rate's high then the skilling update's good or that method's good mm -hmm. instead of actually enjoying the method so I guess uh, I just wonder, uh, you and the team, like, do you guys ever, like, think of skilling like that? Like, do you ever think, like, there could be something more to skilling besides just, you know, adding XP rates? And I know you guys came out with um, Forestry lately, and there's obviously differing opinions on that update. But, yeah, I, I guess what are your personal thoughts on skilling as a whole? Just 
Yeah, uh, I do agree. Like, skilling is one of those things which is hard to nail down. Because, um, like, a boss, if a boss is good, then that's sick. Like, you don't have to worry about anything else, you just have to worry about the drop table. Whereas, skilling, it, it, it feels like a more complex conversation. Because um, a boss might be good, but that still isn't going to replace another boss because another boss drops an entirely different thing or something like that. Whereas, like, skilling wise, like, if a new skilling method comes out and it's better than all the other skilling methods, it kind of does make the other methods dead content unless they provide something which this one doesn't. Kind of like rooftop agility gives you abelay and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's always going to have a place in the game. Uh, whereas, like, if you then release Sebulkr, which doesn't have any sort of that stuff, but it's like it's better money, it's better XP, but it's a lot more. I don't know, complex and a lot more click intensive. Like, I think that's a good balance. Um, but I think those sorts of updates are harder to like come up with, and make sure that everyone in the game's like happy with how it is, and it isn't going to break anything or anything like that. Um... Yeah, I guess. I mean, Sepulchre is really is like the gold standard, I think, in in terms of skilling updates. It's not for everyone, of course, because there is. A large portion of the player base that they think of skilling they just want to chill out and not have to think and that's yeah. that's totally fair i'm i'm with that as well like i actually like the skilling method like right now i'm literally just blowing glass and i'm <laughs> enjoying myself actually yeah um, i think it also comes into it like balancing because i personally feel like if an activity is low effort it can never really be I profit if that makes sense. Like I don't think we can ever have chopping trees be very good profit because chopping trees is very easy. Mm -hmm. If it's very easy, you can have a lot of people doing it, whether it be all accounts or bots or anything like that. And it just basically ruins the game in that way for that skill because like oh it doesn't not ruin the game, but like it will ruin that bit because everyone will do it, which means it will go on to be like worse and worse profit, if that makes sense, over time. So it's not really worth it at that point. Um, and if we do decide to like make a good profit or very abusable, then everyone will make alts for it, everyone will make bots for it, and that's also not really good, not really what we want. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a hard balance, um, which is why stuff like minnows is all right, because that's more effort. You get more shacks, obviously, but... It's more effort, it has more requirements than just clicking on a fishing spot and just sitting there for like two minutes to get some sharks. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that definitely goes on with it, especially with, yeah, just making alts. Like if you could just make 30 alts that are just doing one thing that's really highly profitable. Yeah, especially if it's like, imagine if Redwoods were good X, well, imagine if Redwoods was a good XP and decent money. Everyone would be doing Redwoods because like you have to click Redwoods one, three, five minutes. <laughs> And something that low effort should never reward you that well. Sure, it can give you some XP, but like, I don't think it should ever be like a very good method compared to everything else, and definitely compared to PVM, which is like, if you do PVM, usually you're at your screen nonstop, mm -hmm. licking prayers, eating foods, moving around, and you can't really compare that to skilling. Like when it comes to like traditional, click on tree, click on rock, AFK for a bit, go back and and do it some more. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, the skilling methods, I'm trying to think, like the skilling methods that are really profitable is like one is like thieving. Thieving tends, but that's really like you got to be clicking just nonstop. Yeah, um, and even then it's like it's not comparable to like killing bosses because 
I did 99 thieving mostly at ID nights, and the only thing I did was just click, click night and did no, did nothing else. Yeah. Uh, I remember I watched the entirety of Drake and Josh just clicking on night, <laughs> just doing nothing. Just that can't ever like be good because like, yeah. well, it's to, just too easy. Well, to be fair, that I mean, and already nights is something different where you never have to eat either. You just you literally just click. Yeah. But um, yeah. they have come out with like vires and elves now that do drop like yeah yeah those, those rares. are also pretty good. Um, yeah. I think it's cool that I give really cool items like the um, bloodshard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're they gotta be like a bit more intensive and a little bit more higher level. And even on requirements, they still require you to do sins of the father, which is like a really higher level quest. I don't That's think it's true. itself, but it still has a lot more requirements than just go to this place, which no, which always has no requirements aside from the start requirement, and just click. Yep. Yep. Yeah, room crafting as well has always been good. I feel like I don't know. It, it's part of the reason as well like you're you're right where it comes to like a super afk method can never be that profitable just simply because of you know you can just literally have a million alts doing it and it's got to have high requirements if you wanted to make it pretty good but um yeah and then you have a million alts like it will no longer be profitable because it's way oversaturated and the price of the stuff you're doing just drops so it's not very like feasible long term that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's... But, that's but yeah, for, like, really sick pieces of content, like Sepulchre and, like, other high-level skilling, like, yeah, it would be cool to do that. Um, I personally like mining. Uh, uh, not mining. Uh, wait, yes, mining. Yeah, I was getting <laughs> it, I was getting it mixed up with smithing. I was like, is it mining or smithing? But no. Because uh, mining has, like, a pretty decent route. And, like, there's plenty of options. Like, if you want to... Just AFK, you go to Muzzleload Mine. If you want to AFK even more, you go to Amethyst. If you mm-hmm. want to like do somewhat AFK but decent XP, you do Blast Mine, which is what I did to 99. If you want to like be even more interactive, you can do like the uh, Volcanic Mine. And if you really want to sway, you can do like three tick granites, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think my stuff like mining is in an alright spot in terms of like XP, but it, there isn't really that much money into it aside from like mining rune. Well, not mining rune because I still pop terrible money but stuff like um all the odds and stuff you get it adds up over time but per our basis it's not really that good is it yeah okay so some i was actually talking to somebody about the rune ore thing like it, it really sucks that like there's just so many bots and so many gold farmers that are just constantly camped at all rune rocks so it's like for a normal player it just is never really a feasible option even if you wanted to, like, just waste your time hopping worlds. But I was, like, thinking, I was, like, is it even that this, again, I'm not advocating for this, but, like, I would want to hear your thoughts on it. What if all rocks were, like, um, again, not advocating this, but what if all rocks were, like, uh, not in, what am I trying to think? Uh, um, we're all local to the player, so it's, like, you could mine rune rocks and then you would actually hop worlds and like you could see other people mining them but they would be like uh what what's what, what's the word i'm thinking local but that's not the right word i'm thinking of it's like where everything yeah, I know what you mean. yeah like other people mining something wouldn't make it wouldn't, wouldn't have you. any impact on you yeah. uh i think world to world i'm not sure if that's possible because like the game might not understand you're on this world so these rocks are mined but you haven't been to this world so the rocks aren't mined there Mm. don't know if that'll be easy to pull off uh the idea in general i'm not a fan of because i think that'll like 
it would be too much. And then you, again, have the problem where, like, there's too many people doing this, so it's no longer good money. But at the same time, stuff like Rune is tied to a high art price, so it'll always be a little bit money. And that, yeah. I think that might be too generous if you're just able to, like, hop around to every single world with no problem. Because it's not like there's that many PKers just camping out Rune Rocks anyway. Um Aside from like bots, and I think a lot of people like the PKs that end up probably like trying to kill bots, but yeah. I guess I just too safe to be doable. Yeah, I get. I guess I just wonder because like Rune Rocks, like I was a I. This is like years ago. I went out into the deep wildy, and I was just hopping worlds, and I was like one point five ticking the Rune Rocks out there with like no competition, and of course. Some worlds were like super shitty ping, so I wasn't really getting as many rolls as I could have been. But I was able to get like 175 rune rocks that hour. But that's like super sweat. And without mm. 1.5 taken, it's probably only about like 100 um, yeah. at 99. And I'm like, would that actually be the end of the world if you could, without any competition, be able to spend an hour hopping worlds, mining runite, and consistently be able to mine like 100? So you're making like you know, 1.1 mil an hour. I was like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I think, I, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. what it would do to the economy though with like every single bot being able to do that without competition. That's my worry though. Yeah, I think individually it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but like in terms of like the entire game and the economy, I think it would be a bigger deal because yeah, mm -hmm. then you'd have like way more supply uh, and the profit would still pretty much be there because if you make if you mine a rune rock, you can turn it into a, a bar, turn it into yep. something else, and alk it, and that'll always be worth money. So it's not like the rune rune oils are going to be worth like two k because then smithing will be really profitable and everyone jump onto smithing. So yep. I think the impact on the game overall will be too much. But yeah, like for a personal player, like not really. But yeah, like you have to think about everything and like all the players like that. So. Mm. stuff like that i don't think it would work very well see that i feel like that is where yeah i don't know that's just, that's just so tough it just i guess the player i was talking to it just it sucks that you have these methods that really can't be able to be done and regarding localizing like rocks the only rocks that are really affected are is simply rune rocks like no, nobody else cares about mining addy or mithril because yeah. it's just useless for yeah. the most part yeah it's because you want rune to be able to make like ammunition or something like yeah. that um yeah. or even just the profit and stuff like that um but yeah yeah um i had i don't know how familiar you are with like any of the tick manipulation methods it sounds like you did blast mining you said for 99 yeah that's just because i really hated three tick granite i couldn't be bothered with it so I didn't do any, well, I didn't do much 3-tick granite. Um, but honestly, one of my favorite ceiling methods is 2-tick teaks. I really like it in 99 Woodcoing. I just sat there at teaks, did 2-tick mm -hmm. teaks, went on autopilot for the entire time. I was having a good time. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like tick manipulation type of methods. Uh, barbarian fishing is also one I quite like. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, I don't really do it because there's no point. Yeah. See, I'm glad you say that. And I feel like most people that give an easy tick manipulation method a chance really end up enjoying it like two tick ticks is super fun it's just there's that flow to it and it just feels good when you click you actually get the log most of the time you know it feels like you're yeah. interacting with the game it, um, it feels really non-stop as well until one of the trees 
until both of the trees die. Yeah. And then you're like, do I bother going to the next one? Uh, sure, I guess that's more efficient. I'll do it. Shout yeah, it's just out. Non-stop. You just click rock, uh, click rock, click tree, click the log you just got, mm-hmm. click tree, because you can just pop it with that. Or if you've run out of logs, you just click round, click tree. It's just really yep. easy. And apparently forestry made it so it's actually more consistent because of the tree mm. spawn timer. So like now I'm pretty, this is, I haven't tested it, but people have told me that, yeah, if you're, if you're doing like any sort of two tick teaks now, you will always have a tree up. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's a really good point. I just thought of like, yeah, well you just thought of, yeah, that's, that's, no, that's no longer really an issue because there's no way that trees are going to die five uh, seconds apart of each other. That's really nice actually. That that yeah, is a just, good update, in my opinion. We, we just booked two techniques. <laughs> exactly. No, but that's like so. I don't know if you've heard of the gnome cube idea. Um, not not my uh-huh. idea, but I've definitely pushed it a little bit. Is it's it, it doesn't have to be a gnome cube, but it's an item that starts a three tick action without having to click two items. So like knife log or whatever yeah. or herb tar, and um. I'm not against it, but at the same time, it doesn't really add anything, if that makes sense. Like, well, the the thing, like, don't break something if it isn't, don't, don't fix something if it isn't broken. Mm-hmm. Like, pick manipulation methods are already broken. I don't think we need to break them more, if that makes sense. Like, I think it's fine as it is right now. But yeah, like, that would be a nice item, I guess. It'll just save you an inventory slot. Thing is, quick. is um, I actually think... Uh... There is more of a reason to add it besides just one inventory slot and the fact that you'll never break it. It's just removing an unnecessary click. I feel like the mm-hmm. having to click knife and log every single action actually is a bigger problem than people think about it. I think like there's I think removing that doesn't get rid of any of the skill or the fun or the flow of the method. It literally just adds more strain to your wrist and it makes it so like long-term methods like that are just less fun and more painful (laughs) so that's the 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 reason i've been like advocating for it so much is because i mean i actually have done some methods where I'll, i'll just use my purple sweets just just to test out like the method of what it would feel like to use a one click item that does the same thing and it literally feels so much better it feels mm. so much better. You you still have all the flow from it. And I feel like it would actually like almost encourage or like even push players that are interested in methods like that to try it out. Cause even a few years ago, I came out with like a a four tick three G method, which is like the Celastra Spark, where you just click that once and then you go to the next rock. And it's like a super easy method. It's like way easier than three tick four G. Mm-hmm. But and people that end up trying it are like, oh, wow, this is actually like really easy, fun and addicting. And I feel like getting people that exposure of like trying out a tick manipulation method that's actually easy, they actually start realizing it's really fun. And Mm -hmm. if you were to just get rid of a little bit of that intensity, it would actually inspire people to like get into it a little bit more. And I feel like it would be a good overall thing for the game. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, I'm pretty neutral. I don't like, yeah, like I said, like, I'm not for it. I'm not against it. Um, mm. I think it's, sh- if it were a thing, I'd rather it be like an accidental thing. Kind of like a, the RPG cannon is like a really good item for some PRs because it does like a 
two or three tick attack cycle. I think it might be three tick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just I, organically not... introduced into the game. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. because it's already very kind of stupid coming out from the outside and being oh so if you use a herb on the tar and then you fish <laughs> without using the herb on the tar you get you, you get fish faster like that doesn't make any sense yeah so i can see how it makes even less sense for you to use some random gnome box and then fish <laughs> uh, at least keep it like keep it consistently broken yeah, rather than yeah, adding con adding something to like break it itself yeah, that's. I feel like the way like Celastra's Bark was awesome when that was added because it just added a four tick start that's just one click. I mean, even if it was just some sort of fucking bark or just something like that where you just click it once, starts a three tick action, and you can enjoy it. I feel like yeah. even though there's people that are against it and there's people that don't understand why it would be good, I truly think it would be a really healthy update for the game. And a lot of methods, especially regarding mining, would become mm -hmm. so much more enjoyable. True, even with that, just that simple getting rid of one little click, I feel like it would actually become significantly more enjoyable. And in the future, you could add more methods that are reliant on starting a three tick action. And with an item like that, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be such a like a like a high. I, I don't know. It's not like, I don't know. It feels like for a lot of players that I've talked to, any sort of tick manipulation is just way be. They think in their head it's way beyond their capabilities. And so they don't even yeah. attempt it because it's just like, hell no, I'm not even going to try it. But making it yeah. a little bit more, I don't know, just feasible and uh, yeah. approachable. Uh, I do I do see tick manipulation training kind of like demonized by the more casual community is like, I'm not doing that. That's, that's way too sweaty. Like, yeah. come on, go outside, touch some grass or something. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like, it's just maybe if there were like easy ways for them to get into it, they'd be more like down for it. But yeah, some people are always just going to want to like lick rock, go AFK for a bit. Yeah. And that's um, fine. I just, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I think... With, and this goes back to the skilling and PVM thing of like skilling having just not, it, it hasn't progressed as much as PVM has. And I think a lot of that is PVM naturally, inherently has a lot of rhythm to it. Mm -hmm. And we don't really see it that way, but like, well, some players don't see it that way. Some people do, but like, that's what makes a lot of PVM fun is like just the, I don't know, like, I think of even, I don't know if you've, like, soloed raids a lot, but, like, four to one, like, that kind of flow you get into feels good. Or Verzik, uh, yeah. like, phase two. It's just a four tick repeating thing, and it just feels good because you're just in that mode. But, and a lot of tick manipulation methods feel that way. It feels good, but with the amount of intensity to it, like, the thing, like, Verzik, imagine, imagine P2 Verzik, Instead of being able to just click the boss every four ticks, you had a fucking herb tar as well. Like every four, <laughs> like that would just be obnoxious. That would just be it would ruin all the flow to it. Whereas, like if you could think of three tick four G, imagine three tick four G. You just kept up that three tick rhythm, and there wasn't the wrist strain involved of like constantly having to mm -hmm. click two items over and over and over. Like that method 
If you get, if you literally even even if there was no gnome cube, you just clicked the rocks and you had to keep that cycle of every three ticks. I'm pretty sure people would genuinely actually like that. Like just the flow of that would be kind of addicting. And I think we haven't experienced that with most skilling methods. And I think that's something that's like pretty unexplored. Yeah. So yeah, I feel I feel like it's just like it's a lot harder and more controversial to try and innovate within skilling because it feels like such like a set in stone kind of thing like you said like there hasn't been that many updates that completely change the skill yeah. in the last few years um whereas when it comes to like bosses we can innovate as much as we want and we can add wherever we want and we don't feel like true by adding this boss people are going to complain because this boss is now useless it might still happen because some of the drops are no longer useful but it will still be there as like something to do and it will always have like some reason to go back for it even if it's just like a pet or collection log stuff yeah yeah that uh yeah that that really is like you said it pretty well it's like you just have so much more freedom with bosses it feels like just to explore um and a lot of the time at least in my head i think like skillers are really really particular about like what they want and so like any little change freaks out a pretty sizable portion of the community if like xp yeah. rates are wrong or anything yeah. so yeah like i don't want to say it, but yeah that is also like a very important thing like if a new boss comes out the pvm community whoever that might be isn't going to complain as much as like a new best in slot method for like a skill to come out because the pvmers are like oh cool i got a new update i'm gonna go do that Whereas, like, the very hardcore skillers are like, oh, shit, we've got a new update. The thousands of hours I spent doing how South Epilka is now kind of, like, devalued because they're yeah. just going to do the same thing in less time. Um, so, like, it feels like in skilling, there's much more of a don't devalue my stuff mindset than in, like, the PVM, which is why we feel like we have a lot more freedom when it comes to, like, adding new bosses to, like, that for the game. Yeah. It's tough. That's a tough one for you guys. Uh, you said you got 200 mil cooking, correct? Yep. What are your thoughts on 200 mil capes? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, it's cool that people do that and that they want to show off their achievement. But, like, I feel like a lot of the things, if you add, if you add something at the end people just wanted to get to the end faster even if it makes the journey worse and if it devalues the journey for everyone else who's done that if that makes sense like you're right that, that's one of the reasons why i don't really want it um i feel like if you're going to go for 200 mils it should just be because you want a higher place in the high scores or you're just playing the game as you usually are anyway maybe one day you'll eventually reach 200 mil because you've just done so much pvm like you're now 200 mil hp mm -hmm. um but yeah i feel like as far as like skilling XP goes past max, like I feel it should mostly be for like bragging rights and high scores and stuff like that, which is pretty much why I did it because we have like an internal high scores, which I was rank one for a very long time, but then I kind of stopped playing as much and then someone overtook me and now I'm like rank four, so it's kind of dead. <laughs> but I see, yeah. Wait, who's we'll rank see. one? Maybe, maybe... Um. I think it's someone who joined recently-ish in a place apart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, rank four is still that's respectable. 
Yeah, it's not a pedestal, but oh well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very close to rank three because it only happened recently. Um, okay. I got deranked, but we'll see. Maybe something like I haven't really kept up with um, forestry, but I, I've heard of like bonfires. So who knows? Maybe I'll buy a few hundred thousand redwood logs <laughs> and just do two hundred more fire making. Because yeah. <laughs> the entire the entire like start of lockdown was pretty much just me like. If I was on my computer, I'd have RuneScape open, and I'd be just be chilling at the Mist Guild, cooking some rock, uh, anglerfish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how I got it. That's cool. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any two hundred mil. That's like an actual skill. Yeah, just hit points, strength, and range. Those are like the, the that's like the trifecta of Iron Man. Well, for most accounts, like you get those three first. Yeah, if my metric was ba- Yeah, my metric was basically. What's the highest XP per click? And cooking came out pretty high. <laughs> and nothing's as high as cooking, so I haven't bothered like doing any other skills. Because like, yeah. I think the closest thing might be smithing, maybe. Because you get like a decent amount of smithing XP. Oh, yeah. Then you have to bank all the time, and that's just too much banking. Whereas yeah. like for cooking, I click five times, and I get what like three XP. So it's just too easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you're right. Um... Oh, wait, have you ever heard of Zulo? Um, he's the guy that does the 200 mil one at a time account. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 done, I think he's on his seventh 200 mil. And okay. uh, yeah, I just think of like, I don't know, he did cooking first, I believe. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was just like, Jesus Christ, going for 200 <laughs> mils just in general is just insane. Especially when there's like literally no achievement for it you just do it yeah it's interesting to see like what their kind of path for it is if they can't get i don't know if they can't get any xp out of outside of those skills but like how do you start training combat so i don't know i guess you have to like alk 200 mil xp yeah then you can get that then you get 200 mil xp and hp and then you can go like do all the combat stuff yeah, I was I was thinking about how he was gonna do that. He says he's gonna just stick with skills, like he's gonna be a skiller okay. account, so he, he's gonna remain yeah. level three. But uh, I was yeah, I was then, yeah. I was thinking of that because like it, it you you would literally have to do like like you said maybe alking or something for two hundred mil mage. Actually, no. I think cannoning cannon and mil would be more efficient. Yeah, you would have you to cannon to to two hundred mil range and then keep ranging to get to two hundred mil HP, right? Yeah. And then you could do everything else. And then he can get HP and then he can like do, do one skill at a time. Something. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do Slayer it, somehow. You, you have, have to do Slayer I, at the very end. I think you'd have to do attack first because I can't imagine someone getting 200 mil XP with like, I don't know, an iron skimmiter. I know we too much. But, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my you have God. To it. And then uh. you have to get too many Slayer on top of that. Like, damn, that's too much. That's just stupid at that point, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, that was kind of my um, thoughts on, like, at least skilling and PVM. I've just wanted to see it. wanted to see kind of a change, but we'll see because there's just there's so much that needs to be taken into account, like you said. And there's me as a player, I don't see everything that, you know, the devs can see and what they're looking at and what, the, the analytics and data you guys see for like healthy updates so um yeah interesting I, and i'm really excited for uh summer summit see what you guys 
have planned and everything. What where do you where do you see the game? By the way, I think there was actually a question on the Twitter just asking like where do you see the game in the next next couple of years? Or where where would you like to see the game? Um, well, I don't want to leak anything because I kind of know where the game's <laughs> heading. Uh, but I don't know, just more cool updates. Um, damn. <laughs> so yeah, you really can't like share anything, answer. can you, right now? Uh, I think the question was, how are we going to ruin the game in two years? I don't oh, yeah. think we'll ruin the game in two years. <laughs> I've been playing this game since 2006, and I don't remember there ever being a time where someone didn't say, this game's going to be dead by, like, three years from now. Yeah, I, I remember even, like, those really old screenshots of, like, I don't know, 2002 or three, when back when Classic was out, and people were like... Yeah, this game's dead next year, but we're still here, like, <laughs> 20 years later. I think, I don't think RuneScape will, I'm not going to say ever die, because everything dies eventually, but, like, I think it'll still be around for, like, a very long time. I agree. Do you, I don't know if you have any statistics on this, like, do you know how many, like, younger players are starting to play old school? Because it really feels like just, we're, like, in one generation and that generation just keeps getting um, older and older and older. I think that our newer players, and I think stuff like mobile kind of helps it as well. Because, um, like, mobile bring it to a new audience, which are more like mobile focused, and those tend to be, like, younger kids and stuff like that, which mm. don't really, like, have a really sick PC and stuff like that, so they might just play, like, lower-end games. Um, so I think it's... We're still getting new, younger players, but obviously it's not as much as, like the core audience which grew up with the game or heard about the game when they were like younger and stuff like that um but i don't i don't really have the numbers or anything but i do know the majority of players are like over 18 okay yeah i the game will probably die when our generation starts dying off you know but who knows we, we live we live in a time <laughs> where like we're probably going to start becoming i don't know i've heard i've heard like videos and random stuff shit online that's like the first human that'll live to be 150 or 200 has already been born so who knows maybe we'll live to yeah. be like 200 and old school will still be around <laughs> yep it's 2050 we're out here grinding raids 23 for uh <laughs> i don't know the uber max bow yeah. <laughs> we've got five new skills out i don't know it's gonna crazy. be crazy for sure okay um Maud Bruno, uh, there's obviously going to be a lot to talk about after Saturday, but um, I really enjoyed uh, our conversation today. I appreciate your time talking with me. Thanks. It's been an honor to be on. Yeah. Um, guys, down in the description, go follow Maud Bruno on his Twitter. I don't know how often you use Twitter. Um, but... uh, not too often. Okay. I'll, I'll look at it, but I'll, I'll not usually post much. Okay. Well, I'll have his Twitter down linked below. Um, next week, we will not be having a cast, but we I do have... Uh, people have been suggesting me getting like somebody on that isn't a content creator, isn't really well-known in the community, and I am going to be having a conversation with somebody I have never met before, and he is not a content creator, but he is a big gamer, and we're going to be... I'm going to be talking to him... Um, and probably a week and a half from now. So hopefully you guys tune into that one. Tell me how you enjoy it. It's not going to be, there's not going to be any topics offered, but um, yeah, we're just going to go on to like things that he's passionate about. And I think I'm, I think it's going to be a good one. So look forward to that. 
And if you guys want to support the cast, down in the description is a Patreon link. Get your name on the title screen. And uh, yeah, Mod Bruno, thank you once again for being on. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. It's been fun. Right. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to us ramble about RuneScape for, uh, I don't know, like two hours now. Yeah, just over. All right, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.